0: jw megawake show i am your host the candy man and tonight you're in for a special musical treat we got the quilters here we got ray and jerome in the box we got some fresh tracks giving away some candies here at 420 some tickets to a comedy show <laughs> yeah it's just uh heating up out there it feels like summertime it does welcome to beauty radio
1: thank you thanks for having us
0: it's really awesome to have you guys here
1: it's a cool spot i had no idea it existed grew up here my whole life never seen this place
0: i think it's been a couple of different things um yeah i think we were talking about it It used to be pirate cat so it used to be a cafe and i can't imagine what else it's been but uh yeah, so how was the uh how was the commute over here? I know a little bit about it, but you said you rode your bike. That's pretty good. That's pretty green. I did, I did. It's not uh it's not
2: for green reasons, it's cause I can't afford gas right now.
0: Donate. <laughs> Call in right here. 415-550-0511. What's your Vemo handle?
2: <laughs> At the Quilters. At man. the Quilters. At the dash quilters. The dash quilters, yes. <sighs>
1: We need the that, that money. money won't go to Jerome though.
0: Money for gas. Oh, what
1: will we'll go to? We actually. So the way we do our finances, I'm curious about what other bands do. Um, so maybe you could enlighten us. The way we do our finances is we pool all the money into a band fund. So all of our merch, all of our ticket sales goes into one bank account, and then we use that money for touring or other expenses like gear. Because um, if we divided it, you know, whatever it is, eight ways. It's not that much money, but if you pull it all into one account, you can buy some pretty nice gear. like We've got some; we upgraded our monitors recently. We've got some EV monitors, so Jerome wouldn't get that money. It would go into the band fund. That's
0: true. It's for the best, though. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great idea. But it's funny because I just I feel like recently I'd seen something with uh some actor. You say Acorn. You ever see? You hear about Acorn yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like every fifty cents or whatever they round it up and. That goes into account. I'm like, this could be your guys' thing here, you know? It could yeah. be a, like a, the quilters, you know?
1: <laughs> do Do you think other people do that with their money? Like, how do other bands do it?
0: That's a good question. Um, I never actually, you know, I talk. I've been, you know, known to talk about uh, cryptocurrency oh, really? here at Mutiny Radio. I had a couple <laughs> of uh, gold miner or what do you, uh, Bitcoin miners, call in? Oh. They didn't even want to give away their name. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know, maybe it could be something like that. Maybe it could be like, you know, Quilter's Coin or something that people just, you know, every 25 cents counts.
1: I don't follow, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm down to try. Yeah, just imaginary money. Just, uh, yeah, music-wise, yeah. So I know I mentioned uh, earlier, it's just like <laughs> with uh, the Tiki Desk concerts, you know... um and being here at Muni Radio, sure for you guys too, you're like the quilters and then like you're Jerome and Ray on, you know, on the weekdays and then you're quilters during the, the weekend or maybe a combination of both. What do you say? You think you're both? You're just.
2: I, w- I would say only recently have Ray and I started to have musical identities outside of the quilters at all. Like for the for the first time ever, I started playing in someone else's band and like book to show by myself not under the name the quilters so it's definitely very new and for the most part i think anyone who knows any music we we do just knows it as the quilters yeah yeah
0: i think that's great it's just i don't know for me like being in a a band and like oh no way, that's the that's led zeppelin right you don't know the guys that sing in or you don't know the guitar player but there's people there's a lot of people out there who are like oh i know led zeppelin but they don't know anyone in the band but i kind of like that part of it that mystique about it where it's like it's the quilters you know
1: yeah yeah i think we've just kind of gotten past the point of everyone at our shows being either family or friends you know you know like you're starting out as a band And the only people that come to your shows are the people in your immediate social circle and then as you grow and you get better you kind of it feels like you earn the right to have fans that don't know you personally and that I think we just recently got there and I was uh, on a walk with my dog the other morning and uh, we were on our way to um, Blackbird Coffee that new bookstore coffee shop in the sunset uh, I'll plug them all day. Cause yeah, what are the cross stuff. streets? Irving and 46th, right across from oh, Hookfish. Nice. It's this beautiful bookstore, and they do incredible espresso drinks. So go there. Stop going to Andytown. Yeah, go there. I think
0: I'm going to put that on my calendar. It's uh, right next to the beach.
1: Right next to the beach. So I was walking there, and this dude is riding his bike. I just hear, the
0: quilters!
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, you know me from that, but you don't know, like, you don't know me as a person so like that's the first time that's ever happened to me yeah i, th- yeah, I think that's definitely
2: a, a good feeling because like it, it feels less significant to have support for your art when you're not sure if that person is supporting you because they like your art or because they like you as a person yeah yeah and when they don't know you as a person at all you know for a fact that it's just because they like your art which is super validating
1: insanely val- validating yeah and also if if someone is judging me or like their perception of me is through the quilters, I'm so happy about that because everyone in the band is an awesome person and puts forward like just the best vibes. So yeah, please judge me by yeah. by the band.
0: That's great. Yeah. So I know you got some tracks, some fresh tracks not even heard before maybe, huh?
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I think you, you want us to play
0: one now? I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like um, we could do, we can go any direction we want to. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about DIY. We could talk about everything. I mean, yeah, it's so yeah. great. I mean, we've, uh, we ran into each other and there's like, you guys showed up at a tiki desk. That's right. Yeah. That was
1: awesome. That was sick. Under trio played. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's, that was a good. They're so cool. You had comics and there was one guy who blew me away. I think his name was Ian. He was this, like, kind of blonde, very, like, I don't mean this uh, in a bad way at all, but he was, like, very dressed like a tech bro. like. Oh, you're talking like, about uh, Neil. Was it Neil? He's, like, short blonde hair, like, very, like, straight-laced looking dude. He was so funny.
0: Oh, you're talking about the comedian?
1: Yeah, yeah, the comedian.
0: Yeah, wait a second. I'm trying to remember that night because we've done a lot of these, but I'm trying to remember who was on the list that night. There was a uh, Dan Lewis... Uh, uh, jack ferguson it might have been jack was like it jack Ian or jack or something he's yeah. the bipolar one i mean that's part of his joke okay he, he has awesome. the bipolar <laughs> joke
1: <laughs> it could have been i can't remember set but anyway yeah that night was so fun yeah that was a good time
0: yeah so we kind of switch it up you know and i think that night that you guys came uh we had done four had four comedians go in a row but since then, we've kind of broke it up a little bit more. where, you know start with a band, have a you know comedian, then have another band in the middle, and, and there's something funny about uh you know you got a, this you know sophisticated band that goes and plays, and you get, have someone tell some dirty jokes, and the next band comes up. I don't know. But um,
1: do you think do you think as someone who has like a feet in both worlds, do you think it's harder to be starting out as a comedian? Or a solo musician,
0: I uh, I really think just you know because we're pretty uh, comedic driven here you know and we have a lot of comedy open mics. Me personally, I think, and a lot of comedians have said this as well, that being a solo um, musician, I mean, people could deal with music, you know, they could hear, I mean, they feel it. But if somebody, you know, you could really bomb hard, you know. <laughs> And people, on st- and people do yeah so i feel like with the with the music as long as it's somewhat ambient and somewhat yeah. you know soothing to the ear if you if you totally bomb on stage when you're a comedian and you don't have something to make up for it you know that seems like it'd be pretty pretty tough yeah is, I, have is, you ever sorry, have you ever seen anyone bomb a comedy set
1: oh yeah all the time <laughs> jerome and i for the longest time like 20 17 through part of 2019, I I guess we're just playing open mics all the time. Jerome was at it a lot longer than I was. Um, And yeah, I mean, if you play the open mic scene, I guess anywhere, but we can only speak for San Francisco, you see comics bomb all the time. That's brutal. I have so much respect for people who can keep grinding through that.
0: Yeah, so the the open mic that you guys, when you, did you go to, you did the Riptide, right? We did all of them.
2: The the Riptide was the first show, Ray and I, the Riptide open mic was the first time Ray and I ever performed together. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. But so we would do Hotel Utah, Neck of the Woods. Uh, Jerome did Cava Lounge when it was open.
2: Yeah. Uh, what's the one on uh, Clement Street, Thursday nights? Oh, that's Neck of the Woods. Or California Street.
0: California? uh Bazaar uh, Bazaar yeah, we'd we do them all. Yeah. That was fun. I remember when I, the first open mic I went to, was at was at Hotel Utah. And yeah, then there was somebody that was there like, hey, I'm playing a set at, uh, at Bazaar Cafe. I guess their new record was coming out. I was like, I'm going to check this out. I've never, never been to Bazaar. And ever since I went there for the first time back in 2017, I haven't been able to not go back there. They have one of the best organic um, open mics and the breakfast biscuits are something that I dream about at night. They're so good. Bizar- have you had a breakfast biscuit there? No, no,
1: I've only had coffee. Bazaar is all acoustic and all originals, right? They won't let you play covers. Right, yeah. Dude, that's the way to go. Yeah. That's the way to go. If you're an open mic, like I, that would be cutthroat for any context, I think, outside open micing. That's so cool that they have those rules
0: yeah it's pretty cool and you know what's uh especially awesome about uh bizarre a lot of reasons but um they don't need a pa they don't need it just has that natural acoustic you know it just sounds really really good and when you're in there you don't even need any kind of amplification not saying i haven't done it before but (laughs) it's pretty funny um that back patio is awesome too so they started something called lemon tree sessions Mm -hmm there's a lemon tree back there I went and uh, attended one of the first ones it was felt like a little mini Coachella well, yeah in what way I don't know it was just because um, it's outdoors I think that's the only reason why just because it was outdoors but um, yeah I mean it was uh, the outdoor patio is really cool if you, I mean I'm sure you've been there I've never been in the back really? I've been in the back a couple times
2: yeah it was always nighttime, but yeah, it seemed like a really good space. Yeah.
0: So this um this show that you guys went to last night did you go to, Was it Cap De Nord? Was it? Did you make it to that yeah. one? Yeah, I went out. To yeah. See, uh,
2: the sweet sweet Lou and um, yeah, we've been seeing him play around the Bay Area for like most of a year now, and he's really. Phenomenal
0: songwriter, singer, guitarist,
1: and sorry, have you heard him?
0: Uh yeah, I actually uh, met him at a bazaar, oh, okay. which is funny that we were just talking about that. I remember when he went up there and played. Uh, I was with some friends, and I think it was one of the first open mics that they'd done since before the pandemic. And he's already a, you know freakishly talented. He's insane. Yeah, yeah, but that coupled with The first time I'd been back there since before the pandemic, when he went on, the whole place was dancing. Yeah. Or at least the inner circle. I wasn't, you know. I'm sorry, I
2: interrupted you, Joe. What were you going to (laughs) say? Oh, just that it was like I've seen Lou play a bunch of shows, like smaller, mostly solo. And to see him play with a full band was really awesome. And it was a great show. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Do is.
0: Sweet Lou and the Sweeten Lows. Yeah,
2: yeah. Although yeah. I'm not sure if um, the band he's playing with at the moment is referred to as the Sweeten Lou, the Sweeten Lows. I'm not sure because I think it's different people than he used to play with. Um, but whatever they're called, they're raw.
0: <laughs> I saw something with um, a Sweet Lou uh, at this church that they recently converted. That was. Incredible, and by the way, we're not NPR, you could curse like a sailor if you want. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Who else played that night? I, I wish I could remember um, what other bands were on the list. I do remember Lou um, playing. I was like, Where is this? It just sounds so great because the acoustics in that church right on the corner of um, 10th and Folsom. It was this abandoned church that they converted into some kind of a venue. You know what I'm talking yeah. about?
1: I mean, no, uh, I, I've been by there. I saw videos from that night. I mean, that dude's guitar playing and voice will do well in any setting, but it seems like put him in like a cathedral and <laughs> it's, next, it's next level. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, so it's uh, funny. So the whole DIY thing, we're going down the DIY track because I think over the pandemic that's, really what it became, you know, all these places closed. You couldn't go to Utah or the riptide or you couldn't go anywhere. And so, um, that's how the, you guys did that. You could, you guys were doing outdoor stuff too in front of your place at one point. Someone was telling me about that. That was awesome. What a great idea. So being an artist and, you know, being in a band like you guys and not being able to play anywhere just be able to play in your front yard or backyard. I mean, I feel like that's becoming more of a trend now. Even now that places are reopening, that some of these house shows that I've been to, that's just been packed.
1: Yeah, man, we we th- kind of thrived um, as a band in COVID. Um, we well, for one, our drummer Dorian and drummer and lifelong friend Dorian Cunningham, he moved back from school. He was going to a music school in Chicago. And so when the pandemic hit, he like graduated, the pandemic hit and he immediately moved home. So we got him back, which was huge. Um, but also just all that downtime to play music and be really honest about like our own skills as musicians and be like, are we where we want to be? Definitely not. And then put in all that work to like elevate our individual musicality. Um, and then there were just no shows happening and people, it seemed like were really frothing for live music. And then when we started those porterhouse shows out in front of our mom's house in the sunset, those like those really took off. We got um in a few publications over COVID. Um, one, it was so funny. One <laughs> publication, uh, sftravel.com, got in contact with us and they're like, we want to interview you interview you guys about your favorite things to do in San Francisco. And I was like, okay, well that's not very music related, but I'm down. And so we, we like did this Q and a article with them and then they published it and our Instagram following just like in retrospect, it's like not that much, but we were like 400 new followers overnight. (laughs) That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, so it was good. Those, those Porterhouse shows. And also they allowed us to figure out like what we want as far as sound goes from a live performance. Like we are doing all our own sound, um, like investing money and time into our own sound equipment and doing sound for every show and figuring out like, oh, we actually need to put the speakers here if we want to be able to hear ourselves. Oh, monitoring is incredibly important. Oh, this is how you EQ, like all these things that now I think are like, part of our identity as a band. Like we put a ton of time and energy into our live sound, and we take great pride in sounding good live. Um, so that was, that was huge.
2: Yeah, yeah. Not, not to mention just the opportunity to basically Look play.
0: <laughs> Look at that. We're getting to call 420 a little bit too early. Sorry about that. Yeah, hold on a second here It's all good. (laughs) It's quite all right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those those Porterhouse shows were also just such a good opportunity to like to hone our our musical set and kind of just be able to say, All right, we want to do a show in three weeks. This is how long we want to play for. Like this is what we thought about the last show we did here. What can we improve on? And like just in a very sort of methodical way, get to go through that. trial and error process of everything from how does our gear sound to like to what degree do we want to talk to an audience during a set to like how many people in the audience feels the best for this kind of music and like who do we want to be playing with in our band all these questions to get to go through that process during covid when a lot of bands were unfortunate enough to not be able to be playing at all it was was really awesome really fortunate
1: yeah and and just realistically too there's like you take something away from people like you take away live music during covid and people's tolerance for like that thing goes way down and so i think we were able to take advantage of that and be really bad like we had some horrible performances where shit just fell apart we were terrible Um, So like learning how to be a consistent band with an audience that was incredibly forgiving (laughs) was, was awesome. Yeah.
0: That's great. I mean, you just never know if you're going to have some kind of um, something happen up on stage, you know, if something goes bad, you got a bad cable, you get a string, you bust a string, you know, and all that stuff could happen. And I, I really feel that way too. You know, I've, have you ever had a, guitar go out on you on stage no I the... forgot,
1: well I had my amp go out on me a few porterhouse shows in a row and I was like what the fuck why is this happening and I was just plugging into a shitty power source and my amp takes a ton of power and now I know <laughs> yeah you know stuff like that
0: <laughs> what did I there was a show at the milk bar I went to last week it was something similar Were you guys playing next
1: uh oh we have a big show coming up at neck of the woods
0: remodeled Neck of the Woods. Remodeled Neck um, of the
1: Woods. With uh, two touring acts, our buddies, Queen Tide, they're like our sister band. They're from Santa Barbara. Uh, if you haven't heard Queen Tide, check them out. They're so sick. Yeah, their, Queen album is, t-
2: their album is so good.
1: They're incredible. And their live
2: show is like as good as their album.
1: Not to mention, they're just awesome people. We played a bunch of shows with them up here down in Santa Barbara. Yeah, They're like our sister band. Uh, they're coming up They're going to be the middle act. And then we've got a band, Chris King and the Gutterballs, from Seattle, who we opened up for when we went up to Seattle. And they're opening up the show. Um, And it's just going to be like stacked, top to bottom. It's going to be such a sick bill.
0: Queen Tide and Chris King and the Gutterballs? Yeah. That's such a great list. That just sounds great. So sick,
1: yeah. Yeah, That's going to be cool. That's on May 28th at Neck of the Woods. Oh, that's soon.
0: That's next Saturday. Yes. Yeah, that's
1: great. We're going to have new merch there. We got Dude, get this. You know, you spend time in the Sunset, right? Yeah. You know the little building at the end of the N Judah line? It's like a Muni utility building, and it's got the mural that says First Stop, Last Stop on it.
0: I think so. That's that sounds familiar. Yeah. I want to say I've definitely walked by and seen it before. Okay. Kind of want to pull it up though.
1: Yeah. Dude, it's so sick. So anyway, there's this artist Jeff Canum, who uh, makes signs and murals at, for a living, and they're just gorgeous pieces of art. And this guy agreed to do our merch for us. So oh, wow. our next line, of, our last line of merch was designed by your boy, and our next your line, boy, I like that. That's our great. Next line of merch was designed by Jeff Canum. So it's like <laughs> a huge step up. Wow. So we'll have that at the show too.
0: That's fun. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. May 28th, that's a Saturday. I'm hosting a Tiki Desk comedy show the night before. Oh, I nice. like doing this on Fridays. We started doing them on Fridays. I like it. I'm not a big, you know, raging alcoholic or anything, but <laughs> it it's nice to you know, when you do something on a Friday night, you have the rest of the weekend yeah, just yeah, to, yeah. you know, go and do stuff or to space out. Or on Saturday, it's, sometimes it's like, oh, shit, I got to, you know the nine to five on a you know on monday you know but um
1: anything branded as tiki should be on a friday that just fits like 5 p.m on a friday it's tiki time
0: (laughs) i think that's going to start to be the thing so the um recently so my really good uh friend and neighbor of mine alice ann is her name like alice not allison but alice ann (laughs) and uh so we've been you know we're really good friends and um and so i came with this idea because i knew this latest tiki desk that we did was going to be a huge there's going to be a ton of people there and so what i did it was mother's day weekend it was coming up it was like may 12th or something is that right i think it was yeah it was may 12th and uh we went around to all the neighbors with cupcakes and we we told we wish everyone a happy mother's day and you know let us know we're too loud i said we'll try to be done by 10 and every single one of the neighbors has said play as late as you want
1: whoa
0: yeah and then even after the next day and my mom showed up i've been actually inviting my mom to go to these for years she finally came out to this one and dr Stryker, do you know it's dr Stryker? no Uh, they got some, you know, some serious lyrics. I remember thinking, like, what if my mom does show up and they're saying this stuff on stage? I'm just like, oh, my God. And so, uh, yeah, my mom had showed up and uh, he, uh, or Stryker has got this, uh, this lyric, something about fisting. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I won't go down that route, but basically it's I think think our mom's listening, so. Oh, really? yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so my mom loved it. I was concerned, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> what's gonna happen? I saw my mom's st- tears, like, laughing hysterically. Um, yeah, so moms can hang, but I mean, it basically turned into a burlesque show. Oh, <laughs>
1: so, nice. Sick.
0: I guess so. I mean, yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, it was um, it's pretty funny. And someone asked me, like, hey, "Are you? Do you play? You're like Doctor Striker?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I play rock and roll, but..." I usually keep my clothes on
1: <laughs> oh it was him doing the burlesking.
0: yeah nice you go all the way no no it was respectful it was cool <laughs> it's pretty funny that it's pretty great I mean I don't want to ruin the experience so it was the last full band performance of dr. striker before they go to LA Um. so cool. it was an extended birthday thing I mean every day is a birthday when's your birthday
2: February 4th
0: wow where is it?
2: No, November 5th nice when's your
1: birthday
0: December 3rd nice same as the uh, Dark Prince the Dark who's the Dark Prince Ozzy Osbourne
1: oh <laughs> <just kidding>. cool <laughs> I share a birthday with Rosa Parks
0: that's a good one I share a birthday with Cali <laughs> Holmes. <laughs> November 5th I want to say there's got to be some people born on November 5th no nobody 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 Just outside drunk. of here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did you come to our show at the Indy?
0: I was, Um. I wanted to go, but I actually, I, man, it's been really over. I feel pretty overworked recently. It's okay. They weren't any tickets you. anyway. So. Oh, they weren't. It was sold out. Yeah. Sold out. yeah, yeah. Sold. So I it wouldn't have been sense. able to make it anyway. Um, I did see the pictures and it looked freaking awesome. I saw it on all the stories definitely enough people that are crowd surf
1: dude yeah it i was packed know. i think we got to write music to crowd surf too because right now we don't have that would be so awkward like what the fuck are we gonna crowd surf to
0: queen honey, tide honey, honey mama queen tide.
1: queen tide i'll i will if queen tide lets me i will get on stage and crowd surf during one of their songs dude, you're kind of big i'm kind of <laughs> big to yeah you got
2: a lot Double of mode. you got a lot of surface area <laughs> to grab onto. That's true. A lot
1: of limb. Damn, we are too big to crowd surf, huh?
0: Yeah, we can send Casey out there. You could do it. I mean, you don't look. <laughs> you don't look like. Um, Throw Casey to the wolves. You're not suffering from any. Um, it doesn't look like you. know, you weigh too much.
1: No, I'm like 192. I'm yeah. okay, six three, six four, one ninety two. But I I, you could do that.
2: I really do think the ratio of weight to like amount of limbs that you can grab onto is really important. Yeah. Cuz yeah. you can just get more people holding
0: you up.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it could be really so have you ever been to a show where you've seen crowd surfing?
1: Yeah. Mac I DeMarco. saw Mac DeMarco at the Indie and like everyone crowd surfed. They made he's so he's so tough, dude. Um he crowd surfed, but then they also forced the manager to crowd surf multiple times. And this poor guy kept going out there and losing pieces of clothing. And then he'd come back and he'd be like, I don't want to go back out. And Mac would be like, do it. And they made him go, go back out. To what degree made him like, like bodily, like yelled at him, like, get out there. And he was like, no. And he's like, yes.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty intense. Have you
1: seen Mac DeMarco live? He's no, he goes hard. This lady brought a dildo to the show. Like a wooden, it looked homemade, like a wooden dildo, and she was in the front and waving around like here, back here, and he took it and during an instrumental break he started to deep throat it. Oh, yeah,
0: that's a, that's uh, that's funny. Uh, I there's um there was a comedian that made some kind of joke about a dildo and uh, cooking it, and I don't know. I guess dildos are pretty funny. I met somebody in front of good vibrations the other day. She was asking me, you know, where Dolores Park was or something out of town. I'm just like, "You know what? You realize that we just met in front of a, you know, a dildo store? <laughs> what a great way to meet someone."
1: Dildos are great, man.
2: Great. It's so hard to imagine. I've never seen Mac DeMarco live, but I've listened to a lot of his recorded work and it's so not the kind of music you would imagine. Crowd surfing or <laughs> dildo deep throating? Too. Oh, yeah. My heart still beats for you. <laughs> I
1: even know I yeah, everything's like ten BPM faster. Wow.
0: Do you remember that? You guys went to the, when it was the Elbow Room. i
1: would never been there.
0: Really? Yeah. So it was now it's the Valencia Room. It was one of the best crowd surfing shows I ever seen. It was this punk rock band. And they must have actually had it set up so we're talking about like uh crowd surfing. everybody listening in just crowd surfing in general they they had it they had the people there where they had it figured out of when he was they must have because it was too good mm. so if you had some people they were like, okay you know ray is going to jump on the, off the stage right here right after this song at this time and you're just you got it all down um it was too good for that kind of high energy punk rock i was just like you know what, they gotta they had to plan this. It was so cool.
1: Do you think the band just uh does crowd surfing so regularly that the fan base shows up expecting it? They come ready. Maybe know, like, like ready to mosh, ready to
0: I think mosh so, mosh yeah. Bodies? The fleshies. I haven't seen fl- the fleshies I saw in a while. I some also Uptown but um crowd surfing there. I did uh, I went to a show at Amato's. I was actually uh Show hosted by Trixie. Have you guys met? You guys haven't met Trixie.
1: No. Do they work at Amato's?
0: Oh, uh, they do not. Well, she actually books the shows. Some of the shows there. Oh. I'd actually mentioned you guys because um, there was that house show, that DIY uh, thing that you guys did. I was going to bring her, uh, but then it got canceled. Oh, I was okay. like, she's. I was, I was like, have you ever heard of the quilter? She's like, no. I'm like, wow. Because she's, you know, she's booking a lot of shows around here. But that was one of the best one of the other best crowd surfing shows I've been to at Amato's. It was kind of scary. The ceiling is so low. Yeah, exactly. It was, I I was thinking, um, one of these folks, you know, they're going to like hit the ceiling, you know, kind of scary.
1: Amato's is cool. Our bassist works at Amato's.
0: Oh, no way. Yeah.
1: Maybe he knows Trixie. Yeah,
0: but he does. I feel like we're kind of to that point now. It's like, if you don't know that person, then you most like you probably know somebody that knows that person.
1: Yeah, San Francisco is so small.
0: I was uh, it was on my store. I went to go see a friend's uh, a neighbor's band play at the Utah last night, and I had it on my store. And somebody I was connected with on Instagram is like, "No way, that guy Phil, he's my roommate." Oh no, he's not my roommate. He's my neighbor. It's like what a small world. Cool. Well, how what are you guys feeling? You look like you're ready to play a song.
1: Uh, should we play one live or play the recording? I'd be down
2: to on play one live if you Sweet. want. Sweet.
0: I feel that energy, you know. Yeah. What should we do with these mics? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take care of it. Yeah. We got the Quilters here, Beauty Radio in the box. Um, got their next show coming up here on May 28th. That's the next Saturday at the uh, Neck of the Woods. That is right in between Fifth and Sixth on Clement. We've uh, got some fresh tracks that aren't even released. we got the Quilters here about to play play some live tunes for us. A flat. The Quilters live mini radio. Sounds good. Sounds crisp.
3: To have someone to touch My button to say It's all gonna be okay Here we are and that's how it'd be these days There's no sign of any major change I guess we're all just gonna have find a way to stay somewhat sane
0: incredible, man. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that was that was live. That was your real voice with no reverb or anything. That was just well done. Thank you. May twenty-eighth. That's a Saturday. Mm Mhm.
1: So should we talk about this EP coming out?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's 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 dive into it?
1: Yeah, that song is not gonna be on it. We're still trying to figure out how we want to record that song. We originally wrote it as this like upbeat, kind of like jivey song, and then we started playing it like that. Dorian, our drummer, plays Rhodes on it, and it's just like a totally different vibe and maybe a lot better. So we're still trying to figure that one out. But, uh, we got it. sounded sick, great. Thanks, thanks, thank man. you. We got a sick song EP coming out. Um, we released uh, the single off of it a few weeks ago it's on our Spotify it's called Pictures on My Telephone Uh, Pictures
0: on Your Telephone
1: Pictures on My Telephone
0: My Telephone
1: Um, Yeah and the rest of the songs are coming out shortly Jerome's just putting the final touches on the mixes we'll send it to get mastered and then it'll be out
0: So you guys actually just uh, recorded and mastered all of this, huh?
1: uh can you not hear yourself am i am i on here
0: I can, yeah I can. I can hear you
1: oh sweet I, yeah,
2: yeah i that's can't hear myself through the headphones that's all right
0: let me crank you that's
2: all right i can hear myself IRL.
0: there it is i cranked it a little bit here i got these starry things right here i don't know maybe if you put these on give a little lecture kick cool <laughs> yeah
2: um yeah i've been i've been mixing our stuff thus far um largely sort of just out of um out of necessity we we haven't had any sort of budget to hire a professional and also we're in kind of a, a weird place where at least i feel like i've got some pretty strong con- like creative convictions about like mixing choices and stuff and sort of have felt like it's Maybe maybe naively, I felt like it was more efficient to try to learn how to do it myself than explain what I wanted to someone else, which is sort of a...
0: Yeah, it's pretty common, I think.
2: Yeah, a little bit conceited, I think. That I, first of all, that I assume my ideas are better than an actual seasoned professional. Maybe not better, but just they are what I want. Is um, And then also that I feel like I can, within reason, learn to use the tools accessible to make it sound more or less like we want it to sound and of course like with the accessibility to like digital audio workstations and like recording gear that we have today it's like not so far fetched that an independent artist with logic can get a product that's at least reasonably close to what someone with obscene Amounts of expensive gear can achieve yeah, it really comes down to just your your knowledge of what you're hearing and what you want to be hearing
0: Yeah, so uh, I have this YouTube video up for this uh, this track that you guys put out a couple weeks ago uh, the pictures of Me pictures on my telephone pictures on my telephone and it's got this uh rubber duck yeah <laughs> That's pretty fun
1: yeah, that's gonna be so. That's the album cover. Um, that was shot in a creek in Davis, California, this winter. Um, yeah, and the, the story behind that image is. I just had this concept of, I I think throughout the the this six song EP, there's a there's an obvious and at times, much less obvious, theme of like, lost childhood innocence and really having to grow up. And I think people tell you when you reach adulthood, but I honestly think, like, it's a... Some people get there at different times. Some people grow up at different times. And I think for when you... Jerome and I have shared a lot of experiences in the last two years that have been really, really tough. And... Think have forced us to grow up in a way um, that I I didn't think we were we were gonna have to um, maybe ever <laughs> naively, but um, that the picture of the rubber ducky floating down the creek um, it was shot by my partner Amanda um, Amanda Russa and she's a professional photographer and I was explaining to her this concept and she was like I got you. And uh, we put on you know five millimeter wetsuits and got in that creek. And she was a freaking trooper like all day, like in the creek in her wetsuit, trying to get the shot. Um, and the way she edited it, I really really like because the duck is moving away from the viewer down the creek, and there's a bend at the end of the creek, and that like dark kind of forest you can see at the end, to me looks kind of ominous. And so there's like two different two different kind of narratives going on in this photo in my mind of like what happened upstream so that that duck is no longer with its child, you know, cause who, who plays with a duck? It's like a little kid at some point, a little kid had that duck, but like lost it. And so like what happened upstream so that that duck is all alone floating away. And then what's it going to run into downstream? Cause it doesn't look good for it downstream.
0: It has a great photo.
1: Yeah. She did did a great job.
0: Yeah, it looks great. I'm actually really looking forward to to watching this here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just the photo.
0: (laughs) Oh, this is just just one photo for the whole video.
1: Just one photo for the whole video. (laughs) That's all you need. It's just the album cover here. It's the
0: mystery of it. It's just... You just don't know where that little ducky's going. No,
1: you don't. So this was us getting the shot. It just took, like, time and time again of, like... Letting the ducky go and trying
0: to get the shot. (laughs) That's really awesome. I'm gonna blast this track for everyone out there. This is um the Quilters. This is their latest one of their latest songs. Um, Pictures on my telephone, and you can find that anywhere. And we're gonna play right here, Beauty Radio. Quilters, live here. beauty Radio got uh, Ray and Jerome here in the box. That's a nice track.
1: Yeah, that was, fu- that was a fun one to make. Yeah. It took like two days to write, and then the band just picked it up so quick. Like, it's a really simple country song, essentially.
0: It's cool, yeah. I could Four see points. maybe there's some country roots in there. Yeah. I was, a you know, that picture, too. I mean, I was thinking, I was like, man, you know, this this rubber ducky yeah you know? and i was like how can this yeah that was great it fit the the image fit the uh, the sound i felt like of the cover at least for me
1: thanks dude yeah it was, it was a fun album covers are hard album covers are really hard but i'm i'm pretty happy with this one
0: davis oh yeah so we we're talking about diy yeah it's so jam jar yeah. So I've known a lot of artists that have come through Tiki Desk and through Mutiny Radio, and uh, they've d- discussed Jam Jar. I've seen the pictures. It looks awesome. It's somewhere in Golden Gate Park, right?
1: So that's how it originated. They started as a an open mic in Heroes Grove in Golden Gate Park, which is just like this gorgeous setting. Um, but it's blossomed into this like full-fledged, production outfit but the their like attention to detail and their investment in like the artists and the scene in san francisco is unlike anything i've seen they just put so much work into yeah fostering a community like you do like yeah you guys jam jar who else is doing a great job of that right now oh fast time presents and i haven't heard that andrew st james and um it on her
0: name yeah twin peaks yeah mike donnelly rented him i know yeah. he recently um might have i know that's still happening here they're doing it they have some people that are but that was cool too there was there's a lot of yeah. people now bizarre cafe with the lemon tree sessions i mean you guys have a backyard that's something too yeah uh, do you haven't thought of any names for it
1: yeah, so if you so uh, we recently uh, like I was telling you during the while the song was playing, we've got an artist coming through from Portland, Dakota Theme, who's really good. Um and he hit us up and he was essentially like, "Hey, I'm coming through San Francisco. Uh can you guys hop on a bill with me?" I forgot where he was going to play. Um even if I could remember, I probably shouldn't say cuz we're stealing their business. But Um, he was like I've got a bill here and I was like well we could play there or we could play my backyard and I sent him photos of the past shows there and broke down the you know the the ticket split that he would get (laughs) and he was like oh yeah let's definitely play your backyard Um, just because like yeah if you guys go on our Instagram you can see we've got a pretty sick setup at my backyard Jerome built us like a full-blown deck Um, and there's lights and rugs and we've got a really nice sound system uh, so we call it ray and mandy's because i live there with my partner amanda and so it's on his on dakota's tour poster at san francisco july 26th at ray and mandy's yeah, i think
2: that's, that's great that was the first like, oh, that's official awesome. public yeah. naming of it and you guys didn't really choose that it was just like you guys did you guys started calling it Ray and Mandy's, yeah. but i don't think at any point we sort of said like this is the official name it was just sort of like where is it? Is that Ray and Mandy's? Yeah, and I think it might be official now that Dakota yeah. put it on his poster. It's official.
0: Ray and Mandy's. I like that. I mean, it's like it's going, you know, over to my aunt and uncle's yeah, place or right? something. That's what it feels like, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's got big. Maybe one up. day, huh? That makes me yeah. Uncle Ray. Uh oh. <laughs> oh,
1: I already am Uncle Ray. But... Yeah.
0: Um,
2: creepy. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy Uncle Ray. <laughs> it does have a creepy sound to it. I kind of, I kind of want just going to go back to the the jam jar thing because I think for us specifically, but also I know for a lot of artists in the city and in the Bay Area right now, it cannot be overstated how much Jam Jar has helped connect people and elevate artists who have so much to offer but are struggling to find the right outlet or the right. Yeah, I guess the outlet or like the right audience or the right people to be doing music with and Jamjar they have like absolutely no motivation other than to elevate and connect artists that's like their and give a platform to artists that's their whole objective and they do it so well like from their open mics to their shows and their events and they've started doing little live video sessions with bands they're
0: calling Jamjar Preserves um, that sounds like some raspberry reserve right yeah. Dude,
1: they're so, their marketing is so good Yeah, their like, branding is on point so
2: yeah. good and just like the amount of people that I know of who've just DM'd them on Instagram being like I'm an artist this is what I'm looking for whether it's like us being like do you guys know anyone who plays bass and that's how we found our bassist and that's also how we found the keyboard player we're playing with now
1: <laughs> and our backup
2: singer and our backup singer and it's just like such an amazing hub for everything music related that like an artist could need like connections of every sort it's really amazing
1: yeah 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 Go, yeah if jam jar jam jar sf on instagram they're awesome yeah and and i think
2: the yeah. the artists are all so enthused about jam jar that it's sort of they have like a magnetism of really good artists wanting to come do things with them, which is just sort of a snowball effect that makes their events really good, like way better than you would expect an open mic in golden gate park to be. You've got like very good professional musicians coming to play just because they see how awesome jam jar is.
0: When do they do the open mics? Do you know?
1: It, it varies. Uh, early on they were doing one every few months but they've branched out and they're doing like shows at uh, brick and mortar venues, not at brick and mortar, but like at <laughs> um, <laughs> at indoor venues that are going great. Um, they've got one coming up uh, a week from today, actually, at Smiley's Saloon. Our backup singer—that feels so weird calling her our backup singer. A member of our band, Casey Hill, she sings and plays percussion, but mostly sings. She's got her own band called Casey Hill, and they're playing that show on Friday at Smiley's in Bolinas.
0: And that is May... That's a week from today. May 27th. Bolinas. Yeah. Have you ever been to Smiley's? I haven't. I mean, no, I haven't. Dude, have you ever been to Bolinas? I want to say that I have, but I can't think of that. Is it... I mean, there's a chance you've missed it. It's tiny. Is it up north? Yeah, it's north of Stinson. Oh, yeah. I've driven through it, but I've never, you know... I don't think I even stopped to get gas there. I think I just—I don't know if they have gas. There. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: also—you also couldn't have driven through it because it's like it's the last stop. its,
0: it's, a, so it's like 15 minutes
2: out of the way from anywhere else you would ever go, and then you just have to drive out the same way. That's pretty fun. It's amazing though. You should come this Friday. We're gonna be there. Wow, It's gonna be a good show. She's a she's a really
0: good artist. Gosh,
1: there's just this? so many. Do you have this problem too? There's just like constantly shows you want to go to.
0: Yeah, there is. It almost seems like there's too many shows. So I actually purposely started doing these tiki desks on Friday to bring the show to you. Oh no! So if I'm going to do it that way, I could go to a show on Saturday. But it's since I've since that I've changed it to Fridays. Now it seems like there's something going on on Friday now.
1: No, 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 no! no. Come to our show on Saturday.
0: Oh, K- on Saturday the twenty eighth. Casey can wait. Yeah, yeah, twenty eighth May twenty eighth. That's neck of the woods. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. You know, there's no, yeah, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Cool, man. Um, Playing with I, the
1: string section. Really? Yeah, man. We got these, it's so <laughs> weird, like we've got a cellist and a violist who play with us now. They played with us at the Independent, and they're both grad students at the Conservatory. And I just feel like they're way overqualified for their job. because they're like playing this like simple ass like americana music with us and they're used to playing like full-on symphonies
0: (laughs) that's really fun so how did you find
1: them through um through a a well our so So our sound engineer is our drummer's partner and she goes to the conservatory so she has a whole social network there and we were like We want strings on this record um and she was like i got you that's sick that's awesome plugged us with these amazing string players
0: yeah gosh i I do feel like we're talking about jam jar we're talking about all those things you know going on in the in the bay area it's just uh there's something happening really organic where i feel like the art communities are coming together and the comedy thing so that's what it is being here i feel like you know we're pretty comedy so being a guitar player at a comedy radio station, I feel kinda of like a different type of fish in a different pond. Do you do stand-up? I have dabbled in some stand-up, but being a you know, guitar, you know yeah, guitar's your main player, thing. you know, singer-songwriter, going to open mics, a lot of times it's the same people that are there. Yeah. You know, we're Riptide, Utah. And so if I'm, you know, a guitar player and I'm going around and playing these different open mics, and then there's all these same people that are here. I want to play a different song, you know, cause I'm just like, oh, I don't know if these people hear the same song over and over again. So I kind of went the same way with the comedy thing, which, um, I should have just stuck with the same set. So a lot of comedians, I mean, you think about it you know, you play a, a show or you do a set, how many people actually see that set, you know, maybe, you know, 20 people, So you go and you just you work on this. A lot of comedians they just have the same set that just go through every time, or maybe they, you know, improv some things, do some crowd work a little bit differently. But I um I had a good first uh first run. I had a comedian call into Muni Radio uh, here. It was like in the middle of the pandemic, and she's like, yeah, hey, just go up there and tell a true story about you know what you're you're going through and you know. Growing up as a kid, I know you know with your mom. I know it was Mother's Day. It was a couple of weeks. I saw my mom, and uh, my mom growing up was really big into the the poop and fart jokes, <laughs> big time. I mean, it, that was the, that was the that was the thing, you know. And so I Wait, went up there. I, I'm sorry, while she was growing up, or while you were growing up? While uh, we were growing up, me and my little brother. <laughs> yeah, it was always about you know it was always the fart, poop, and fart jokes and. And so I kind of went up there with a Chris Farley Dumb and Dumber kind of thing and went up there and talked about a time that I went to a bottomless shabu, all you could eat, all you could drink, and maybe had a little bit too much. Yeah. So, I don't know. How'd, how'd that go? Did it? Was it well-received? <laughs> it was very well-received. Oh, good. Yeah, good. I should have just told that story at every single place that I went. Yeah, and then and then it keep, it. keep sharpening it. And then I tried to, um, you know, I think the one-liners, too, um, I don't know. I'm not much of a comedian. It's, I feel like if I became a comedian, it might ruin my underground music career. <laughs> Do you
1: feel like you're tormented enough to be a comedian? Do you seem like a really stable, nice person?
0: Oh, thank you. That's what they all say. They say, you know, he has friends, so he's not a comedian. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I like the, the you know, one-liners and are good. I know you got to see some comedians at Tiki Desk. I don't know. Have you seen any good? It's funny. The last time I was at Neck of the Woods, which before, you know, next week when I'm at your guys' show, I was at Crazy Funny Asians. It's a thing they started doing at Neck of the Woods. And uh, one of my friends and uh, comedians I actually met here, uh, Denise Lee, did a set there. And it was really, uh, it was a really good time. But uh, yeah, as far as comedy, yeah. I might go down that w- road eventually. But yeah. like you were saying, when you're uh, recording, when you have an idea of what you want to do and you know, for a music, for a song, and it's just like, you could give this to somebody else, and but you already know what you want to do. And it's going to take you longer to explain what you're going to do than if you were to just do it yourself. And so that's what I, I kind of feel like now uh, with the music. It's just like, gosh, you know, as I got... Some of these songs that were like two or three years ago. I'm like I recorded it. my home studio might be a little bit more outdated than yours um no probably not no
1: it, do, outdated like do you have a tape machine
0: uh no nah, no, nah, I'm not analog no. yet no. um but I did have my uh Mac after God, like fourteen years I got it back in two thousand eight and that's, it that's pretty the awesome. hard drive crashed Shocker. and it was so old, I'm not ageist or anything, but it was so outdated that they didn't have a version of Safari or or Google Chrome that was compatible with it. And I'm just like, oh, shit. I'm like, well, this is my whole recording setup I've had for the past 12 years, and it's just dead.
2: Damn, they they hit you with that planned obsolescence? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think so. I had this track that I was... I was so gung-ho about it. I'm like, this is it. This is my, you know, for lack of a better word, I'm trying to think of a good one-hit wonder. What are you thinking? I don't know. I it felt was, like this is wanna. my this is my Daniel Powder Had a Bad Day song, you know, yeah. except maybe a, more, a little more thrash. But um, I recorded this. I'm like, there's no way. I got to get these tracks back. And uh, I had some other um, artists and bands that have come on the show, too, similar to you guys. And when you record something and it's so good you feel so good about it that you feel like you caught like a firefly in a jar and you feel like you could never record it better than yeah. how you recorded it and and so i you know i went there was some guy mac guy that repaired it was able to retrieve the the files but then then it was the same thing with logic pro they didn't have a version of the logic pro that i had mm-hmm. that was compatible he Upgraded to a different OS that uh, forget about it. You know, I mean, it's like with being a artist, you know, being in a band and being, you know, a songwriter It's just like you're just making bread, you know, and To have to worry about all that other stuff And so we were talking about like Jam Jar and all these other things, you know, they're really community-based it'd be really awesome to have like a like a community-based like recording spot where bands that are getting started they can Mm -hmm. you know come by and you know go through and record i think that'd be really cool yeah it might not be something we'd be able to do here because we have too many shows here but um do you know of any rehearsal spots in san francisco
1: i know of bands who have rehearsal spots um i don't know of any open ones like the most i know about rehearsal spots is a buddy of mine will be like dude we just got a new rehearsal spot it's in the Tenderloin. It's sick. Oh my God. It, Francisco it took Studios. Us, it took us forever to find it. So, like, I don't know of any open rehearsal spots. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, my! you wouldn't believe it. I don't know. I mean, I know you're recording at your place. You guys are recording it. At- no. Um,
1: we um, recorded mainly at Decibel. So, um, it's in Noe Valley. It's this cuddy little studio no really? one really knows about. Um, the Dead it. Kennedys recorded there. Um, our drummer, Dorian, um, works for Paul and Music Group, and they um, own
2: rent. I think they rent
1: it. They rent Decibel. Decibel. How do you spell that? D e c i b e l l e. All right. Decibel.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's really close. I mean, I'm. They're calling where I live Bernal Heights now. I don't know this ain't Bernal no we I mean, no, this is mission but <laughs> oh where
1: you live dude where you live is that that's not Bernal
0: right they're calling it Bernal no that's I live on mission though that's I don't feel comfortable no. calling it well I mean they're calling it Bernal Heights I, I feel fine calling it Bernal but no Heights
2: no. <laughs> yeah what
0: yeah wow, I know that's what everyone had said I remember I had a, some friends that's part of the reason why I got the place did I tell you the story yeah, so so what it was, I was living downtown in the Tenderloin, right next to the uh, rehearsal studio that you were talking about, Francisco <laughs> Studios. I was quite a few blocks up, um, and I was living in this really small, like 450-square-foot studio that had a view. It was lacking some amenities. Um, and I got to a certain point in my life, I'm like, hey, I need a one-bedroom place. So I went online, looked for every one-bedroom place, and then the subject line for my place where I'm at. It said one bedroom, large private desk, like a desk that you sit in. But they meant large private deck. Because, well, they're from China. And um, yeah, so with the private desk, and then um, and they were calling where I live, Bernal Heights. So between the private desk and them calling where I live, Bernal Heights, I thought for sure it was a scam and that they're going to ask me to wire them $6,000 overseas. It
2: was a scam. There was no private desk and it wasn't Bernal Heights. (laughs) But it was a scam in your favor. So
0: if you look at it online, it actually says, if you look at the neighborhoods, they're calling everything now that's north of 280, south of Cesar Chavez, west of 101, and east of San Jose Avenue that encompasses that. I know. I'm glad that you say that cuz you guys are natives here too. I don't I don't really feel like it's I don't I, I feel strange actually calling it that. I don't know what else to call it though.
1: Um what is the rec center called? Is They're... that St. Mary's rec center? Yes. Okay. St. Mary's. I feel like can you just call it St. Mary's the general? No, yeah, I think so. Weird. It is St. Mary's. There's I... St. Mary's pub, there's St. Mary's rec center. Like if it was any other neighborhood, the neighborhood is called the same thing as the rec center, like sun, Sunset Hill. Rec, West Sunset, um, Noe, you know, like they all have rec centers named after the neighborhood, so.
0: Yeah, I think it's St. Mary's, I'd also if you look it up online, they're calling it College Hill, but this section of where you guys are at, that's just, that's Sunset, right? Outer
1: Sunset. Outer boy. Sunset. Yeah, Yeah, don't get those confused.
0: Well, I guess Outer Sunset, yeah. I don't know. That's a little bit more gangster. I, I guess mom's house is like the
2: the dead center of the sunset. The I think west
1: of sunset. 19th, your outer sunset. East of 19th, your inner sunset.
2: I like to I like to divide it up into three categories:
1: middle sunset,
2: inner, outer, and middle. Middle, because it really does have a different vibe. Like, yeah, like you go on the like, outer sunset, and there's yeah. like fancy, like, know, like really, like white person shops.
1: Yeah, like yuppie.
2: But yeah. there's still like a lot of like, dim some places and like Chinese markets in the middle sunset.
1: Yeah, middle sunset is dominated by, yeah, like Chinese markets and
0: yeah, yeah, different. <clears throat> yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like that was one of the strangest things for me. So, you know, in the city and um, depending on where you live in the city, and you guys are sunset natives. Yeah, yeah, so. That was the one thing that was puzzling to me. It's just like you can walk two blocks and be in a different neighborhood. You know, I was on Geary and Polk, and tough, that was an identity crisis of a neighborhood. They were trying to call it Lower Navajo Hill.
1: Yeah. Damn. When did you move in there?
0: Uh, so I moved there, and you know, I was I'm an East Bay kid. I was born in Walnut Creek, raised in Castro Valley, and uh, I started working in the city. So I moved out here for you know, commuting purposes. And I I slowly migrated. I lived in Rock Ridge, Temescal area before, and I couldn't justify moving out to the Sunset or the Richmond even think it's great. They're great neighborhoods. But I'm thinking it's going to take me longer to commute downtown San Francisco. Yeah. Living there than if I live in Oakland or something. So it was a logical thing. And uh, yeah, I I was also in a thrash rock band called Tensac. At the time, and um, they're giving me a hard time for living in the Tenderloin. I'm like, we're in a fucking thrash rock band called Tenshank. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but um, yeah, it was on brand baby. Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't too bad. I think I lived on the good side of the street. <laughs> I knew somebody that lived on the other side of the street, right in front of a Muni stop, and it was a night and day. Yeah, really? Yeah, I mean, but it's the same thing. So, uh, Francisco Studios, that place you're uh, referring to, I'm pretty sure. I don't know many how many rehearsal studios are in downtown San Francisco like you were talking about. They have a sister um studio, uh Francisco Studio that's at Boba Park. Mm. And so this one's a lot different. Um, you know, has a parking lot. You don't have to worry about getting stabbed when you walk inside. Yeah. That's the Balboa one? Yeah, the Boboa Park, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um
2: in the original have you been that one? Yeah. In the original iteration of um of well I I don't think you can even call it our band, but um, our drummer and I went to high school together, and we were in a band also called the Quilters back in high school, and we rehearsed there
0: in that um, those studios at Balboa Park. It's incredible! Wow, it just came around full circle. Yeah. So um, I knew some. I knew somebody that actually went on tour. A friend of mine, his name is Justin, and uh, he was on a tour with a band called Spelled Moon, like spelled like a cast a spell on you, moon. And he was moving out of this rehearsal spot. And I was just like, well, you know, I got all this stuff. I'm, I like to make a, you know, loud noise. And after a certain time, you know, at my place, like 10 o'clock, I think that's the reason why I haven't been evicted at this point. right? Um, So it was like, you know, really competitive as um, far as the the rental rate and was able to get in there. And what we were just talking about, I th- I think it would be very easy i think with the, everyone and all the knowledge and equipment that we have that we could start up some sort of like indie record label um but this this snowy valley one that you're talking about deliberately decibel decibel yeah i mean i feel like i kind of want to go there now then i just didn't know that was around that's too close to my place i gotta go there and record some.
1: yeah it's a it's a funny spot it's like they use it a lot for the business and did they do a lot of audio research there? So when we'd go into record, they'd have it set up with this, this crazy, like these crazy contraptions to measure like stuff for, you know, huge tech companies that are researching like wearable technology and had little to do with music, but um, I'm not sure how much they're operating as a, like a higher, hireable recording studio
2: yeah we kind of just got to sneak in on the off hours because our, our drummer worked there so like oh that's awesome after after five o'clock they'd clear out their corporate study or whatever it was and then we'd get to go in for a couple hours and sort of rearrange stuff to record a band and
0: it seems like it's too close and it's just like <laughs> What was that? Do you want to drive? Like, why is it too close? Oh, no. It's like too... It's so close that I feel like there's somebody already, you know, doing this in our backyard here. So, Tiny Telephone... Um, you heard a Tiny Telephone?
1: Yeah, we recorded there, too.
0: Yeah. So, they used to have one, as you know, on San Bruno, right? And the Portola... It was basically kind of borderline. That's in one of those neighborhoods. Is it Bayview? Is yeah, it? yeah, Um, And so, when they left... Then what's around? No, that was the first one that I know. I know of another place called Lucky's and Hyde Brisbane. Street.
1: Hyde Street's still kicking hard. That yeah. is in the prime of the TL. Seems like yeah, that spot is shady. We recorded our first body of work there, and Jesus Christ, dude, leaving mm-hmm. there at night was not fun. Yeah, yeah you know, so sketchy.
0: Later on my life, um, when finding out that a local band recording a, a record it was a green day recorded insomniac yeah there and i'm just like you know what that record makes a lot more sense now <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. uh you know it's people just you know smoke a crack around in front yeah, of the place dude.
1: i wonder if it was that bad back then it's hard to imagine it's hard to imagine it was that bad
0: uh, so i was like a government building you know have you been to the chambers you know at phoenix hotel no supposedly Jimi Hendrix experience at Nirvana and stuff. He used to stay at the hotel because it was close to Bill Graham. But it's in the worst part of town. You know, it's in the TL. and It was with um, somebody. It was like a professional thing, right? And um, there was somebody. It was this cloud of smoke. And it was just like maybe someone who was smoking a cigarette or something. And I was like, oh, that's not a cigarette. I'm like, oh, that's not marijuana. I'm like, I just inhaled somebody's fucking crack right from this place. Wow. And I'm in this... <laughs> I'm in this, I'm on this like professional outing with someone and somebody's blown like crack smoke. Dude, you shotgun
1: someone's crack. That's crazy. That's wild.
0: Probably took about five, you know, 30 seconds off my life.
1: It's all good. Do, do we have time? To yeah, totally. Song?
0: Yeah, we do. Yeah. Let's play another song. Yeah. So I know you got this here. Do you want to, do you want a recording or do you want a live song? You know what? Whatever you guys feel comfortable with. I feel on the live, I mean, whatever you
1: let's uh let's do a recording let's do a song that is unreleased let's do it
2: yeah so we've been um working on this body of work we got i'd say like penultimate drafts they're all out for those last few tiny tiny tweaks and then we'll send them to get mastered um but these these recordings are fairly close to what we're going to be releasing in the next couple weeks here it's a nice little teaser yeah what do you think all look good hte
0: Culver. Cool. A little sample for you guys, unheard, unreleased. If anyone notes that the bass is
2: too loud, I already knew that. Thank you. <laughs> but if you have any other mix notes, call in.
0: Call in. Call in, 415-550-0511. Really? Yeah. Well, sick. Um, you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. is the Quilters had some fresh tracks, not even... Yeah, it was Released, great. Yeah, It's nice. Yeah, You recorded this in your home studio? No, you didn't at the other place.
2: That was about... That one's um, sort of a mix. Uh, the drums, bass, guitar were recorded at Decibel. Um, nice. I did my vocals at home. Um, Casey did her vocals at her house. The pedal steel player did his... Um, his... His pedals, (laughs) did his pedals at his house, I assume. Um, So yes, I think uh, our bassist might have done the bass at his house too. So it's sort of a mix. But the drums, you gotta have a studio for the drums.
0: Yeah, for live drums. That's
1: something. Yeah, we've learned you gotta have a studio for the drums. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know how Mac DeMarco does. (laughs) Well, he's he's just got like a studio. That's true.
0: He's got probably, a, like, a professional enough studio. Yeah. yeah, I mean, John Bonham, you're not going to be able to, you know, computer program that stuff. Maybe you can, but...
1: Yeah, maybe. But also, like, do you want to. Like, the process of recording drums in a room that sounds great, on a kit that sounds great, that's mic'd correctly, is just, like, worth it, even if no one hears the recording. It's like it's so sick yeah to, to hear drums that way you know to to do a take and go back into the control room and be like oh my god sounds sounds like drums yeah <laughs> yeah really cool
0: yeah it's great i <sighs> live drummers i mean that's that's the way to do it i think a lot of people with the pandemic they went in a different direction i've heard some tracks that I wouldn't even know that it wasn't a real drummer. Mm. But that's pretty recent probably technology in the past like 5 to 10 years.
1: Yeah, that that's interesting um to put like yeah, the technology is improving a lot, but to to frame that realization in the context of how musicians make money, which it seems these days the only way to really make a living playing music is by selling tickets to a live show and then if if you put your eggs in in the technology basket is your live performance going to be something that's really compelling and and like obviously there's a space for EDM and electric music but i don't know like i agree if, if i bought a ticket to see someone who presented their music as if they had a drummer and then played live without a drummer, I would be a little bit disappointed because it's just so fun to watch that music brought to life
0: by people. Yeah, I agree. And uh, with with that, I mean, I mean, you could go, you could be sound great on a record and then you go see somebody live and it's like a karaoke, you know, Situation where it's just like you got this backing tracks and just somebody that's singing up there, and you're just like, what?
1: Yeah, yeah, a little, a little disappointing.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: a lot. Yeah, I'd say so.
2: I went to see Still Woozy a few weeks ago, and I was listening. And I was like, wow, his vocals sound so good. And then I noticed there were a couple moments where he forgot to get back to the mic in time for his line. And it still sounded so good, and I was like, "Oh, this is a recording. I could have stayed home and watched this on YouTube in headphones, and it would have sounded a lot better." And like, why am I here if I'm not really seeing this guy make the art in real life in front of me? That's the whole reason I'm here.
0: Yeah, you know what is? Um, you guys said we're getting to you know rockabilly Elvis Presley, and- a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So you think about it, you know back in the day you know in the 50s i mean that was long before wireless micing was even invented think about it you know and you know then you had selena you know doing the you know queen of tahana you know doing the dance with a wireless mic but back in the 50s they didn't have that so i was trying to figure out i was looking at these old videos Presley, you know, he didn't have a microphone. He's just sitting there, like, dancing. Like, you could hear his voice perfectly. And I was thinking, I was like, you know what? This just sounds too good to be true. And maybe it is. I thought that it could be. And you think about the audiences, too, back then. Similar, like, the Presley thing was similar to the Beatle Media, where it's like, ah! And yeah. there's, like, all these, like, really high-pitched, you know, audience in the background. It's the same um, intensity every single time. It's, mm-hmm. like, the same. And am just like... And I wonder if they were doing it back then. I'll never know. I think that's part of it. That's the mystery behind it. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, with live television, what a like a new technology that was to be able to live stream that and have it be perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Isn't there documentation of, of bands being pissed off because TV shows wanted them to just pretend like they were playing and that they just play the track over the air? Like, amplify it off the record?
0: I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I I bet you could dig something up, yeah. I, I remember hearing a
1: story about that. And, like, like that famous video of um, House of the Rising Sun being, like, performed on TV. If you search House of the Rising Sun, like, it's the first video. It's black and white. Like, he doesn't have a mic, and, like, no one's instrument is plugged in. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I saw this really funny thing. Why can't I think of this guy's name? He's got this show... Uh, his name, he's a tall red headed guy. He has his own talk show. Why oh, can't they Kobe O'Brien? There it is. Yeah, thank God that <laughs> Pam is here. Kobe Thanks, O'Brien man. is here. This is Pam, by the Conan way. Conan O'Brien. Getting geared up for the comedy battle after the show. Um so there was a scene where he had Jack Black on the show. They were doing an interview with him and they were arguing about who is the better guitar player. And Conan, so Conan or Jack Black?
1: Yeah. Conan rips, yeah. That's true. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's so crap. then... um, I don't want to be a spoiler now.
1: I'm not going to go back and watch it.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah, so I'll tell you. Yeah, so what it was is that eventually it came down to that Jack Black and Kobe O'Brien were going to have a guitar off. And so they go, and Jack Black is doing his, you know, Tenacious D thing on an acoustic, and he was had this Gibson Les Paul, and he was ripping the fuck out of the guitar. And... And it turned out it wasn't him. They opened up the back curtain and Slash was in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, it was great. It's
1: really cool. If you were going to hire someone to to pretend to be a great guitar player, Jack Black is like number one on your list, right? He shreds, but he's also great at acting.
0: Yeah. He would do a great job. I do have to say, what was that? I Want to Fuck You song? The- I want to fuck You always have the fucker heart Back You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh you don't Oh my gosh That's one reason you're looking at me all funny I'm just like Oh my god They never heard this before You know what I'm talking about Yeah I'm not going to cook it But I'll order it from Zanzibar Yeah We got quilters in the box here Getting geared up for the comedy battle We're going to do a live We got a special live performance By the, uh, the quilters here To Should wind down the show Are you
1: out? Should we play you out?
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: Last one? About, about that time?
0: Um, maybe, maybe you have like two you know, two or you have like two songs, two or three.
1: Jerry, you want to say something about this song? Yeah. Um
2: I don't know. Ray and I Ray and I got really obsessed with this artist, uh, Dan Reeder. Um he's like a old focusing. I mean he's he's still alive, but he's just very old. Um and that guy will write a song about anything he'll say anything in his songs there's no he doesn't care about whether it's conventional or something that society tells him belongs in a song and i was we were just both so inspired by that and ray and i had this instrumental that we've been kicking around for years now it's the the very first video on our Instagram is us playing this song, when was that, four or five years ago? Um, and then just a, a few months ago, I was sort of playing around with it and just started singing about what was going on in life at that time, really inspired by Dan Reeder's lack of giving a fuck. Um, <laughs> and what came out was basically a song about when your whole group, your whole friend group has a crush on one person. Like, all the guys, all, all the girls, just everyone has a crush on one person. And <laughs> this song is generally about that. Yeah. It's
1: called Honey Mama.
0: Honey Mama. The quilters. Live mini radio. you want to
2: come in with me? Mm. Two, three.
3: Honey Mama, she's the queen of Galita. She's got the whole town in her hand. Swish her sweet shirt, cowboy boots on her feet. Don't mind me looking at you funny. I'm just a little in love. Me and every other sucker you've ever met oh is it boys or is it girls you love simping or hard to get tall or small or thick or thin or
2: Funny mama shows up with the baddest of bitches on her arm at the party. Can she get down? Oh my God, can she ever?
3: Now don't mind me looking at you funny, I'm just a little in love. Me and every other sucker from the Bay to L.A.
0: It's so quilters here. Check them out at the Independent next uh, Saturday, May 28th. Neck of the Woods. You know, oh, know. That's last one. No, it's okay. Yeah, Neck of the Woods. Yeah, Neck of the Woods. That is a Fifth be, Clement Street between Fifth and Sixth Street. Yes, sir. Or Sixth Avenue in the Richmond District. That was mind blowing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You guys got another song on you, or? Yeah, always. Yeah, so I think we'll close it out with one more song. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: This one's uh, the title track from the Eminent EP. Nice. Exciting. I doubt this mic is picking up much of this amp.
2: Cool. You want it? Should you just go like. Yeah, but I'm also singing. How's that? We got that one going (laughs) too.
3: side ups this Sunday I'll put a little water in the pan That's the only way I do it now Since you showed me how And every time I sing that Springsteen song Come on baby I can't tell Wishing you were singing that harmony. Don't get me wrong, cause I know, I don't refuse, it was time to cruise, still it's hard to explain, but I miss don't really talk so much anymore. It's sad, yeah, yes, but I guess that's what we were looking for. Now you move to New York, you got a dog and a microphone. You said you needed to spend a little time, That's ironic. No, it just shows. You don't refuse. It was time to cruise. Still, it's hard to explain, but I'm It fell apart cause of dumb shit Kinda wish it was a little more, I don't know Grandiose But that's not how it goes It's just an unseen lady in an anxious mess Who, to be honest, kinda missed Being free to be depressed trying their best and i know they don't refuse it was time to cruise still it's hard to explain but i'm there And there would have always been some kind of light At the end of the tunnel But what was I trying to prove? To who I don't refute It was time to cruise. So it's hard to explain why I miss
0: you. Wow, what a performance. That was a great song. Thanks so much for having us, JW. Yeah, thanks for coming on to the show. Such a, such a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, May 28th, uh, Neck of the Woods. Got the quilters, fresh tracks. Very exciting. Thanks for coming on the show. To see you man. All right, Stay tuned in for the comedy battle coming up here. Catch you next week. We have treasures on the show next week. <laughs>
4: hello oh hey hello oh yeah Got good goggly damn now uh, we're good here Godly damn is right we're back yeah, yeah what 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 just happened <laughs> that that's what we were from the start there uh we did uh with the rolling stones parachute woman um uh, my favorite album of there is uh beggar's banquet beggar's banquet uh, Bob Dylan, who I'm not the biggest fan of, to be honest, but, man, this is my favorite album of his. And, uh, yeah, It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. Um, I know it mostly from the uh, the, the soundtrack to, um, uh, what was it, that, uh, Easy Rider. Yeah. But a great song, a great song. <coughs> then we did um, Tony Bennett, um, Love for Sale, yeah. which is a a 1957 really accolade uh, uh, for you know, sex positive um, <laughs> hookers. <laughs> it, it, it was about hookers, yeah. It was about hookers, and uh, yeah, it was, Imagine that. we did a Spencer Davis, right? Yeah, we finished that off with Spencer oh. Davis on on the green light. On the green light, which is uh, actually a, a um, it was written by turns out Steve Unwin. Yeah, it's a Steve Unwood song. Awesome. I, I met him once at a salad bar too, but I, I mostly tell it as a Tom Betty story. <laughs> right. Um, then we did a. Uh, that was it. That was it. Yeah, okay. in the background now we have some uh, Japanese koto music. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, Mishio Magako. Awesome. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that name. But no, this is a 1951 uh, recording of uh, on Victoria Records. Of uh, Michio. Michio. Magata. Magata? I, 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 I'm sure I'm butchering his name. But man, he's playing the Kyoto, the the, the the Japanese banjo. Yeah, over there, gotta love you know? that. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, and now we're uh, we're gonna move on. We're running out of time here, so we're moving on to. Clock what? is ticking. It is to some Janice Joplin with Move Over. Another really great record we got in fucking mint condition. Yeah.